Welcome to the Daily Business Hustle podcast. My name is Alexander Vitkin. I'm the creator and founder of the Daily Business Hustle. On this podcast, I share with you my top unbiased business advice, sales advice, and I talk to the world's top experts in their fields related to business. I'm going to give you a breakdown of how to choose business partners and then proceed to building a long-lasting business partnership so that you can build bigger businesses than you could alone and so that you can avoid all the mistakes that I've made over the past 10 years when attempting to work with people. And I'm going to share some of the mistakes I still make today or this year at least and how I solved them. And also I'll share with you mistakes from some of my best students and how they miscommunicated, how a business partnership fell apart before it even started and how you can avoid this mis- these mistakes as well and build a big, beautiful business. So I actually started thinking about this a long time ago and I had to learn this lesson and relearn this lesson and I lost lots of money from it. And I lost a lot of money because I had to relearn the lesson instead of just learning it once and then implementing it. So this time when learning the lesson, I made sure to write down everything and to have a structure to how I understand business partnerships and business deals and contracts in general. It's not a legal video. This video is not about, here's how every step of a contract works. It's more of a framework to put your business in and to put your contracts in that will allow you to have a higher chance of success when choosing and working with business partners, freelancers, or really anyone. It's more of a, like a human to human professional communication training more than anything else. So before I figured this out, I was actually making mistakes like coaching people and training people for years and then getting emotionally attached to them and their results instead of keeping my relationship separate, like a personal relationship and a professional relationship. And I was making some professional relationship decisions based on a personal relationship that I have with people basically, which is a huge mistake. And I'll explain why to you later in this video. Also, I thought that, oh, well, I'm the only person who has this problem because I've never heard of anyone talking about this. So I thought only I had miscommunication with people like I had miscommunication with certain people in my business. And only I had uh, me assuming things that would happen and that they didn't happen and then trying to blame people and all that kind of stuff. So I assumed a lot of stuff and it really hurt my business. So I'd really like you to learn from my mistakes and I'd really like you to avoid them and build it up on a foundation that I'm going to explain to you that actually works for business partnerships and professional relationships. And I think this is very important because as I was exploring the topic and as I was talking to my students and partners and freelancers, I've noticed that actually everyone who's been in business or even jobs really has had issues like these before. And it goes really deep. It goes all the way from initial interaction all the way to building a company and the culture and everything. It's a very interesting topic. So I think it's very important because any big company has multiple people. And since this this is one of the hardest skills to learn in business, how to build a team and how to work with people, you will need this. And it's, it's very valuable to learn this early on in business as opposed to discovering it after you have a bunch of people working for you and like seven different business partners. So it's better to learn it early and minimize the risk of making a very expensive mistake like I did 
and maximize the potential of business partnerships. Because sometimes you invest one, two, or three years into a business partnership and then you lose everything. And this happens to all types of people. I've seen uh, eight to nine figure businesses fall apart like this before. My business obviously hasn't fallen apart or anything like that, but I'll share some of the stuff that did happen to me and how you can learn from it. So the reason you should listen to me with regards to this topic is because I've been trying to build business partnerships from a very early stage in my business development. Almost from day one, I was trying to work with people in a way where we had like a 50-50 split or something like that. And to be honest, it failed almost every time. And eventually all of them failed until I discovered how to build communities and how to build a culture. And again, I discovered it and I forgot it again and I made the same mistakes I had made before. It's just a bad habit, I guess. So if you learn how to do this properly, you'll be able to build a structure with hundreds of people because that's what I've done now. Now I work with 200 people in a mastermind format with dozens of volunteers, freelancers, all types of people contributing to the business. So essentially, I'm running what is or can be considered a mid-sized company because there's so many freaking people involved that I have to talk to, mediate between in conflicts write contracts and do all this complicated stuff. And I've done this successfully and I've built a successful business and it's almost seven figures right now. So this is my uh, credibility here, here's my credentials. So this is why you should listen to me. Have you ever seen those big companies and wondered, wait a second, my company is so freaking small. I have like five people working with me and it's super complicated and stuff always breaks and it just doesn't make sense. How are these huge billion dollar companies working with 50,000 people? How come it doesn't break? So actually, what I'll explain in this video explains this perfectly. It'll tell you exactly how those billion dollar companies do that and how they set it up from the moment of first interaction with freelancers, employees, partners, vendors, everyone, all the way to the culture creation in the business. So let's get right into it. So I've tried solving the problem in several ways that have failed. In the beginning, I was just making business partnerships and just saying, oh, let's just do 50-50. It sounds fair. And I wasn't laying down any ground rules. I was just kind of saying, well, let's just figure out what we're going to do as we go along and let's just make it fair, okay? And then when it came time for payday, it turned out maybe one person did all the work and the other one did nothing or 70-30 or 90-10. And then how do you split the profit? Of course, this led to lots of conflict. Then I started writing these contracts that are 17,000 pages long, not literally, more like 18 pages. And that didn't work either because people felt trapped. There was no exit. It felt like they just couldn't do much because it's just this huge contract no one understood after a few months. So after that, I discovered that you don't need any of that. You need a structure, a step-by-step -step process of learning how to work with someone and figuring out if you want to learn or work with someone long-term. So here's the process. So the first stage is called the discovery phase. During the discovery phase or discernment, as my friend Timmy calls it, you figure out who you want to work with, what type of people you get along with, and what type of work ethic you're looking for. And trust me, you'll never end up working with someone who has better work ethic than you. So first work on your own work ethic before partnering up with people because your business will collapse if you do less work than your business partners or they'll give you a smaller share or just push you out of the company. Happens every single time. Go look up the story of Facebook. 
So during the discernment phase, here's some things that I've learned to pay attention to from my own experience and also by talking to Fritz, who's a friend of mine and a psychologist. So he says, and I say as well, look for people who have certain characteristics, certain personality traits. And the way he described it is look for people who have a proper, good, normal upbringing where they learned how to play with others and work with others and just have normal, non-violent, non-aggressive interactions. And when something goes wrong, their personality doesn't suddenly shift and just normal, stable people who you just want, would want to hang out with and who are just cool in general, but also you can have a business relationship with them on the side. So doesn't mean you have to be friends with everyone. It just means you know how to get along with them and you guys just vibe, you get each other. And another thing is it's good in my experience, it's good to know someone for at least a year before trying to work with them, trying to do a serious business partnership. And that's part of the discovery or the discernment phase. Figure out who it is you want to work with, what type of um, talents you have to supplement each other. What do you have to contribute to each other and how does that really work? So the second phase is the ground rules phase. Now this is so freaking important because at this point you probably don't have a contract yet, especially if it's a small business partnership and you're just figuring out how you're going to work together. It's enough to have just the ground rules. Like here's how much work I'm going to do and here's how much work you're going to do. Here's what I'll contribute. Here's what you'll contribute. Do you have any expectations of me that I haven't mentioned and vice versa. Now it doesn't mean you have to write this down in a contract, but maybe in a bigger partnership, it's worth it. If two big companies do this, trust me, they have contracts until the end of times, so hundreds of pages sometimes. But with small business partnerships, you don't really need that. Just set the ground rules of what is allowed, what is not allowed and what you can take, what you can't take. Like, a lot of people, they enter a business partnership and they start just taking stuff. They're like, well, this probably belongs to me or I could probably use this right because we're working together. Well, that's fine if that's what you agree. But if the ground rules were clear, usually it says don't do that or here's what is allowed, here's what's not allowed. And if you understand each other and you've just, you know, like just worked together, maybe played golf together or whatever you're into, then you'll understand each other at a deeper level. You know how the other person reacts, how competitive they are. Will they try to compete with you in the company or will they try to build a team or what will they do? Most people actually can't work in teams. Like for me, I'm not the best team player ever unless you put me in charge and then usually it works out but then I just wanna kinda tell people what to do, which is not a very good trait, I guess, but it works for me by running a company. So I, I'm good at running companies. I'm not good at you know, being an administrative assistant or a project manager, for example. I'm not very good at those things. So let me tell you a story from uh, some of my students from two years ago. Let's just uh, use different names. Let's just do uh, Rick and uh, Morty. So, no, I don't like, I just randomly came up with these names, obviously. So Rick, he uh, wanted to work with Morty because Morty figured out a way to generate leads, right? Which leads to money. And Rick, he said, well, I actually have a problem with that. I figured out many things in my business, but I haven't figured out how to generate leads consistently. In fact, my business was a little bit on the decline and I really need to get this to work. It really needs to start working. Otherwise I may have some problems in my business. I don't know, like, I don't know what's gonna happen. So please Morty, let's just work together and uh, you know, see what happens. Uh, and Morty is like, sure man, you know, you also have some stuff I can learn from you. This could be mutually beneficial. Now here's the problem. 
they didn't agree what exactly everything is. Like what is going to go this way from Morty to Rick and what exactly is going to go the other way? I mean, I guess this one was clear, it's the lead generation, but what does that mean? You know, which process is going to be shared? What's going to happen exactly? It wasn't really, it wasn't exactly clear. So also they didn't have an exact agreement. Like the ground rules were not set. They didn't really understand how they were going to work together and, and, and like how many hours and you know, they, they were friends from going on holidays before and traveling and that kind of stuff. So they just assumed that the relationship would keep going the way it went for friends. Now that's a mis mistake number two actually, which is they uh, misunderstood that a business relationship can coincide with a personal relationship with one person, but they're not the same relationships. They have different rules. The personal relationship relies on things like favors and just like being cool and whatever. And the business relationship relies on specific numbers and specific deliverables, specific KPIs. Those are very different types of relationships. And if you try mixing them, right, even with the same person, if you try mixing them, like, 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 yeah, but aren't we friends? Oh, but you know, I don't have, really have money. Can you just lend me some, like, like that kind of stuff. It's not based on data, on agreements, on things that were written down, then it won't work. It just doesn't work. Like friendship relationships, the methods used for friendship relationships are not the same methods that are used for business relationships. Sure, there's some overlap and sure you can be friends with some business partners and colleagues and so on, but it's not exactly the same. If you're friends with someone, for example, and they don't perform or they do something that hurts brands or the business or anything like that, then the friendship relationship can, can be maintained, but the business relationship isn't really going to work out and you can cut that off and that's not a big deal. This happens all the time. For example, my friend, um, I don't want to name names here. Let's just call him Roberto. <laughs> made up name. He has a business very similar to mine and we're good friends for years already. And several times we tried to do business together and it just didn't work out. If I was basing my friendship with him on my business relationship, I would probably have a bad opinion of him. But why? Why would I do that? Because I have the friendship with him and that is enough. And we have our own businesses and we consult each other and that's perfectly fine. We can keep these things separated. And that's a healthy way to interact with people and that's a healthy way to conduct business. Whereas if I said, well, you know that one time you said something in business and it kind of pissed me off. Well, I remember that and I still hold a grudge to you. That's not, that's not professional business relationship. That's just some weird stuff that doesn't belong in business at all. It's about contracts, agreements, and in this case, ground rules. Like what are we starting to do here and what are we going to contribute? So this leads to the next part. I'll keep telling the story about uh, Rick and Morty, by the way. So this leads to the next part, and that is the actual agreements. Now, the ground rules probably were not written down, especially, as I said, for smaller businesses, but the agreement is, is probably written down. And, and there, it's stuff starts getting interesting, because what kind of agreement is it? Is one person freelancing for the other? Is it a business partnership? Is it a, like, what is a business partnership anyway? Is it a licensing agreement? Is it a joint venture agreement where you co-own a company? Like there's many types of agreements here and all of them are significantly different. And you can write one agreement to look like another agreement or misunderstand what one agreement is versus another agreement. But if it says 
it's a freelance agreement and everything is written like a freelance agreement, then it's a freelance agreement. Then person A owns the intellectual property as the freelancer agreement states and the other person B doesn't, right? Like he works for him on a freelance commission basis or payment, whatever payment basis you want. So basically the agreement is the legal framework and it could even start with a verbal agreement, but at this stage I would recommend written, okay? And I think, I'm not a lawyer obviously, as I said, so, but I think lawyers will definitely agree with that. Here, a lot of stuff can go wrong. So it's better to write it properly and have a lawyer like rewrite it in lawyer language basically, because you'd be surprised how often business agreements go wrong and then you need to go look at the document or if you forget how something works, you look at the document and the document explains exactly how the business agreement works. So this stage is vital. So after this stage, you spend some time, half a year, one year, whatever, working together and see, does the other person know how to read the agreement? Does the other person know how to enforce the agreement? Is he proactive with enforcing the agreement from both sides? Is he really interested in how it was written or is he resentful like a friend would be in a friendship to what was signed? Because once it's signed, that's the agreement and anything else is opinion. So the agreement is what matters. And a lot of people who are new at business and haven't had a successful business in the past, they don't know that yet. So be very careful. That's why it's probably better to be very careful when choosing business partners versus freelancers. Because with freelancers, you just say, well, I'm sorry. I mean, you're working for me and that's the way it is. That's what the contract says. But with a business partner, there's all kinds of intricate, complicated misunderstandings that can happen. Like if they accrue debt, for example, who owns the debt, right? So it's, it's complicated. And there's many other misunderstandings. Like if they hire someone, like who makes the decision, bank accounts, it's very messy. So it's better to work with people who understand how agreements work. It's very important that both people understand how agreements work in the same exact way. Because there's only one way to understand a legally well-written document. And well, I'm being generous here, I guess there's multiple ways, but there's one way that, is, that should be agreed upon theoretically. Okay, that's a more accurate statement here. So. After the agreement was signed, you do maybe six months to one year, like t t six to 12 months or maybe more, like it kind of depends on the kind of business it is and how big it is and stuff like that. And then there's a review period, right? So for example, if the agreement has equity with vested equity, so I own this and you own this in terms of equity and intellectual property and whatever in the business, and when will more or less be transferred to you or me based on which performance, which KPIs and complicated stuff like that. We won't go into detail on this video. I'm also not like some world-class expert at that, but basically the agreement can be quite intricate. So you need, you need to review um, after six to 12 months or so, there's a review period. Uh, and during the review period, you see if the other person and if you have done what they promised and if you wanna keep working together, cause maybe you don't wanna keep working together. Maybe whatever, maybe you, you, maybe the business partnership just doesn't produce a profit or maybe you make less money than before even though it looks like more, but you need to review this. And here during the review phase, you go through all that, you sit down, of course you need to also have monthly reviews or weekly, like you need to have constant communication with business partners or even freelancers. But this is like the big contract review, you know, like the serious stuff that has been probably contractually agreed. So after this, there's adjustment. So let's say you figure out that one person contributes significantly less. Maybe you wanna adjust it later on in an honest and fair way. 
there's an adjustment here. Or maybe you want to change the agreement or whatever the adjustment is, there needs to be an adjustment period after the review. This can be immediately or let's test more stuff out, another one to six months or whatever, and then figure out what the adjustments are. So those are the main components of working with people, right? So let's look at the mistakes. These are quite interesting. Let's take out the red pen here. So F, F stands for favors. Remember when I said there's business relationships and sometimes even with the same person, you have a personal relationship. Well, personal relationships can work with things like favors. But if you introduce favors to business relationships, this is how people used to run farms and stuff like that. So you had a farm neighbor and you're like, oh, you need some potatoes. Or I recommend reading the book uh, Debt, The First 5,000 Years. Very nice book, got recommended to me by a Googler um, earlier this year. I read it, mind-blowing. So you had like neighbors in a farm and they were like, well, Here's, uh, here's some potatoes, you seem to be lacking some potatoes. Oh, I don't need anything in return from that. Which means, you owe me now, bitch, and you better pay back soon. That's what that means. So that's how favors work. You kind of build up, up debt with people and then somehow um, you need to figure out how much that is worth and then eventually you, you expect to collect on it and then you just take stuff because you thought that you were giving all, this, all these potatoes or something like that. That, that I mean, Obviously, this is a big no-no. If you do that in business, uh, usually contracts say don't even think about that. You don't even need contracts for this, by the way. Like the, the legal framework for business partnerships or any collaboration says this is a very bad idea. Like assuming things and, and, and like doing favors and stuff like that. Of course, it happens in business, but when it goes wrong, it goes wrong bad. And I've certainly made this mistake building up these favor letters and like social capital and all this stuff, not suitable for business, not suitable for business. Be very careful with favors. And a lot of people watching this are gonna say, yeah, but I do networking and, and, and it really worked and I made a lot of money. Yeah, well, try doing unclear favors with lots of people. And then eventually, as you're collecting all these favors, the debt, collect, debt collectors are gonna come after you, the, you know, like, oh, can you do this for me? Or I just took this from your business and I guess that's fine, right? Because I did you all these favors every single time. Be very careful. Don't play the favor game, play this game, okay? Just trust me on that. And again, a lot of people are gonna disagree, but ask them if they've ever had conflict before of this and every single one of them most likely will. Unless, of course, there's one little exception and that is if you're so freaking good at this stage that you can somehow find people who know how to deal with favors in a way that doesn't come to bite you back in the ass but i've never met such a person and it certainly doesn't work for me so don't play the favor game so the second one is miscommunication this one's a little bit more obvious so let's say that i say well can you do this for me and in exchange i'll pay you this much but we didn't agree when, we didn't agree how, we didn't agree what exactly this is, like what are the subparts and how much work is required. And I keep asking and asking for more work and this miscommunication builds up and up and up and up and then the business relationship just explodes. The person doesn't wanna to talk to you anymore. You're greedy or you're this or you're the other thing. Again, this is not how business relationships are built. It needs to be, business relationships are communicated uh, preferably with an agreement, okay? So this is replaced with these two, with uh, ground rules and the agreement because miscommunication 
where things are not determined and um, defined means that there's one person with one expectation and another person with another and eventually those two are gonna bump into each other and then boom, no more business relationship. Be very careful with miscommunication. It's better to over communicate than under communicate. Lots of people, they develop this fear, this anxiety about communication because what if the other person disagrees with me? There's really like business is so hard. There's no space. There's no like, like you can't run a business like that. It will drive you too crazy. It's, it leads to, probably leads to things like psychosis and, and whatever because you start assuming that people are after you or whatever. Like, I don't really know, but uh, avoid miscommunication, uh, over communicate, make sure you explain and re-explain and expect the same in exchange and be very careful at working with people who are avoiding you or ghosting you. That stuff is lethal. Like when this leads to ghosting, you can assume that they're assuming stuff about you. And this leads me to the next part and that's the ass part, the assuming part. So if you didn't do this here, the ground rules and the uh, agreement, then what's gonna happen is ass, okay, assumptions. So everyone starts assuming what is in their favor. So, oh, for me, well, what do you mean I had to do that? No, no, that's not my job. It's the other person's job. And everyone starts blaming each other. And by the way, all of this together uh, is the culture that you're creating in your business, okay? So just imagine, imagine that. So assumptions, miscommunications, favorism instead of contracts and agreements, and it just goes to complete crap, okay? If, if this is heavily outweighed by this, if, if you have more of this in your business and less of this, then you're gonna have a very poor company culture, okay? This leads to poor company culture. Whereas this leads to positive company culture. A good book to read about this is um, Tribal Leadership, okay? Here, people spend time on how to help the client, how to improve the business, how to make the world a better place. Here, people spend time on competing and like talking shit about each other and saying clients suck, the world sucks, like just, it, it's not a very good environment and that's not how any business can be built. So. Again, I make all these mistakes, so don't think uh, I'm coming down at you from like this ivory tower. I made all these mistakes, including this here, okay? It's, it's like a recurring theme and it's so easy to fall into this tribal weird dynamic here if you go away from this and go away from being client-centric. So the last part is uh, gossip. So again, this is part of, uh, you know, this definitely uh, leads to bad culture in your company. So the, the gossip stuff is when people talk about each other without the person they're talking about being there. This will kill the business, okay? This, without, without a doubt, this is pure poison to the business and uh, it, it kinda, it kinda causes, cause, it is caused and causes miscommunication because once you have three people in a room and the fourth person is missing and they're talking about the fourth person, then they're gonna reinforce each other's beliefs about the fourth person if they're gossiping about the fourth person. So there's rules, like guys like Ray Dalio, they have rules in their company, like you cannot talk about someone unless that person is present in the room, right? This is 
pure gold, by the way. Like everyone should implement this in, this, in their company. This leads, uh, having that level of communication and that ruling your company leads to good company culture. So that's the general framework here. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about Rick and Morty. So they didn't have this, they didn't have the agreement, they didn't have the ground rules. So what happened was Rick went to Morty and they started kind of working together and Rick kind of just assumed that he can have the business processes from Morty that weren't specifically and explicitly agreed just because he needed them and he thought they were building a relationship. But it wasn't entirely clear what they were building and there was no agreement on that. So, but he kind of just took it. He just took the processes and accidentally also the client list. Now, not a huge deal, okay? Not a huge deal. We're talking about very small businesses here and uh, it may have very well been an honest mistake, like, oh, I thought this was part of the initial agreement, but Honestly, it's just miscommunication and lack of this, and maybe a little bit of, you know, being a little bit uh, unclear about uh, his needs and stuff like that, where he was like, okay, well, I can probably just take that, right? So th that, that's more of a personal thing. So, you know, that's something he needs to work on, uh, but they both need to work on uh, these three things and also the rest. So if, uh, how could this have been avoided again? You uh, choose carefully who you work with and why, like what is the value both are contributing, and then have ground rules and the agreement, and uh, they could have started working on this after the ground rules. For example, the ground rules would be, I will share this with you, but nothing else. And you will share, share this with me and nothing else. And anything else just to be agreed. And that's solid, because it's a very limited test project that you do together. So when you get really, really good at this, and this is like second nature to you, and avoiding this is second nature and building a positive growth oriented, client oriented company culture is second nature to you in your business, then everything grows. Businesses, they grow to billions of dollars and people are not fighting as much anymore because like if you go to Google or something like that, I can assure you that most of the time they're not fighting, most of the time they're working. I've heard something like 95% of time from a Googler, senior Google, he said 95% of time you need to spend coding and maybe 5% of the time having these intricate conversations that can be misunderstood and stuff like that. So 95% of the time needs to be spent on working and doing the actual work, like the, by the actual work, I mean the actual work that is on your contract that says you were like a developer, for example. So um, if you figure this out, you can have a company that's friction free with hundreds or maybe even thousands, I haven't tested it in thousands of people, maybe even thousands of people that can work in the same direction and work on the same goal that is growing the company, making the clients happy and investors and all that kind of stuff. So if you don't figure this out, of course, again, it leads to the same type of conflict that Rick and Morty had. And it's very unfortunate. Hopefully it's a great lesson for them. Uh, this happened over two years ago, but uh, I'm sh I should actually follow up and ask them how it went. But hopefully it was a great lesson to them and I'm sure they've been building better business partnerships and selecting freelancers better and building stronger relationships with people anyway. But uh, again, if you, if, you, if you do this properly, it's a much more interesting, friendly business environment out there. And it, it kind of avoids those sleepless nights and waking up in panic, just not knowing what's going on in your own business because you didn't set up the framework properly. And basically, everyone in business needs to know how to do this and they need to learn how to separate personal and business relationships and everything then will be a-okay. Well, more likely than not. Because again, if you don't do this, it's gonna be painful. And a lot of people are watching this video and like, yeah, but I'm really good friends with my business partner and I really think that I understand this already because we've already worked for a year. Well, let's see what happens 
when you review all the accounting and your business triples in size and there's some friction or the business loses some money, let's see what happens then. Because those are the parts or those are the opportunities to actually look at the agreements. Because when business goes down a little bit, that's when all the problems start to surface and everyone starts shouting at each other and all that kind of stuff if this wasn't done properly and if this persists in the business. So let's assume you haven't done it yet and you're still uh, already rather in business with people and you have all these freelancer agreements and it's super complicated. How can you implement this? Start at the beginning, okay? If maybe the people you're working with fall under D still and you still don't really know if you wanna work with them and that's fine. Most likely your business is very small and you can still solve it either by uh, analyzing and figuring out you do want to work with them or figuring out you don't want to work with them and then just splitting up, just take part of the company and leave. Or uh, if you do want to work with them, going to the next stages. That's perfectly fine in an existing business relationship. It's not a big deal. Now, don't take away too much because if you suddenly do the agreement and the ground rules in a way where you take away stuff from one person and give way too much to the other, like the change will feel too heavy and even though they could work together, they'll resent each other and it can be very messy. So you should be careful with existing business relationships if, if you're implementing this not in a new business relationship basically. So a good company looks very, very different once they've implemented this. When you walk into a good company, when you walk into a company that's doing 120 million like my mentor's company, you will see suddenly everyone's kind of in their role but they understand more of the entire company because they've been moved around, they understand the clients, they understand um, lead generation, they understand how the delivery works, stuff like that. So they understand multiple parts of the company, but they're in their work, in their position, and spending a lot of the time, if not most of the time, working deeply and being in the state of flow because they don't feel threatened. They don't feel like they need to participate in office politics. They feel like they can just do their work and contribute to the mission of the company and growing the company and all that kind of stuff. Instead of gossiping and assuming stuff and just screwing up the business. And the bigger the company, the more frequent these issues are. So when you see a well-run company, it doesn't even make sense that it works that well. It's just people just communicate and messages are just sent to each other in a way where everyone understands because it's templatized. And uh, companies like Cisco, they help create the technical frameworks for, for environments like this. There, there's whole industries based on this. There's whole fields of study on communication, business communication. It's super intricate, super complicated. If you ever build a big company, hire the right people, help you figure this out, of course. But uh, in, in a big company where it works, it's beautiful. And you can call anyone from anywhere in the company and they'll respond in the same, generally the same professional way that you understand each other instantly and can solve any issue for the client, which is what really matters, the client, not the little office politics. All right, this was our show for today. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast if you like it. I'll see you next time. If you'd like to find out more about me, visit vitkin.net. That's V-I-T-K-I-N.net. Thank you for listening to the show and see you next time.